y'all, it's time for Rolling Dice and Taking Names. On this episode, Taste Buds takes it to the next level as the guys introduce local Southern cuisine to the folks from Restoration Games. Plus, we get reviews for Starship Captains, Star Wars Deck Building Game, and Blazing. You didn't make them try chitlins, did you? Hello and welcome to one of our normally written episodes without any chat GPT. This is episode 283, Spinning Wheel. My name is Marty. I don't know how to respond. There's I, I, there's no script. There's nothing for me to do. <laughs> I, I don't know what to do, man. I'm, I'm lost. I liked it the other way. <laughs> this is Tony. It was... Uh, <laughs> it was uh, it was easy. It was easy. <laughs> it was, it's like, what are we going to do for the ad spot? Just read this. Mm. Oh, okay. I can read that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm not. Where are they? We need th- those. I want back. <laughs> that is something. I mean, come on. You know, for for the $2 we charge, I think they should get the that value out of it. Okay. The $2. I'm just what kidding. $2? I don't want. Yeah. You know. But yes, that was so, that was so easy. And the blog, <laughs> that took me all of five seconds. <laughs> there's honestly there's no reason why you just can't keep using it for the blog because i i have a feeling nobody reads that anyway except for the timestamps. exactly you know it's it's funny um i was looking at our web page our web page is very basic i thought should we upgrade that but i don't know and y'all can tell us that are listening as a podcast is there ever any reason to go out to a website for a podcast because pretty much we're giving you everything you need here. Right. I don't know. Is there any, I'm just wondering any value to the audience to put more stuff on the, the, the uh, webpage if it had any value or not. I mean, it's the, the reason why you go out to the webpage is if you want to search for say a game we've covered. Okay. That's true. And, and we do have that all on there. You can easily find it. There is a search tab on there. So the functionality for finding stuff is totally there. I just didn't know if there's any value for having other stuff on there. Obviously, all of our links there for all of our social media. Uh, we do have special like codes and links for like you know the eWin racing chair. Mm-hmm. 30 percent off if you need a chair. Still thirty percent off, y'all. We haven't talked about them in a while, but it was funny we were talking about it on Discord, and uh, I think Ben said that uh, he had one. He's had it for like three years, three four years, and he said there was a little bit of a tear uh, in his. And then other people started chiming in. It's like, uh, I remember Chris Elm came in and said, yeah, I've had mine for like three years. No problems whatsoever. Mm-hmm. And mine, uh, my original that now my son uses, doesn't have any rips or tears in it either. Yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, I just remember my original was very hot because it was that faux leather. The cloth is a lot cooler, isn't it? Yes. And it doesn't hug my little hips as much as the, I will say one thing. They have been very sturdy. This one is very sturdy I, when I'm on my calls at work and I'm working from home people go what are you sitting in and I'm like I'm sitting really yeah because they see my chair and they're like uh-huh. what is I, you're a gamer and I said well in two aspects video and board games but yes where can I get that chair and I tell them I don't know if anybody's ever bought them I keep saying it's 30 percent off people if you want a new chair for your house and you want something like this go check it out and I don't know if they've yeah. ever gone and done it, but that, but you bring up a good point about the links. Like those are our affiliate codes, and that's important. And what I probably should do is in our notes, I should just put our affiliate codes with our instead of just a link to Miniature Market. I need to paste uh-huh. the affiliate code for the Miniature Market in the timestamps. 
do we? Do, okay, so here's the thing. I don't even know if I have an affiliate code. Or not affiliate code, but I know if they go through our sites or through our links, don't isn't that tracked so they know how much traffic we're driving? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, there is something about that. That's that's where I'm I'm kind of there's a lot of other people out there that's that's way more updated on, on that. Sp- speaking of of uh, uh miniature market, I might as well go ahead and say this. See, this is where Chat GPT was good because it kept us on script. <laughs> oh, I, yeah, remi- that reminds me, we'll squirrel in a minute to that to something else. <laughs> okay, we'll come back to that in a second. Uh just so that everybody knows, because we've been talking about uh, affiliate links and, and, and stuff like that, you may have noticed uh that there hasn't been an ultra pro commercial uh in a while and just to let you know why uh they are no longer a sponsor of a show we loved working with them for a year and uh full transparency full disclosure what happened was we had an amazing relationship with the marketing person there the marketing person decided to pursue another career the next person that came in that we got introduced to at gen con was absolutely amazing she did some amazing stuff for us tony she was Mm -hmm. always talking to us and uh, we knew exactly how we were working with them. We sent an email one day asking, hey, what's the specials for this month? What do you want to talk about? And it bounced back saying that person doesn't work here anymore. And I told you, I went, uh-oh, that's never a good sign. So then I was trying to find somebody. Okay, who, who do we talk to now? And I finally found somebody and said, we're trying to decide what to do with sponsorships from now on. And this was like in October. Mm-hmm. But we continue running spots for them because we never heard otherwise. And then in January, they said, well, we decided that the money that we could use for sponsorships, we're going to keep that in-house and generate our own content. That's fine. Uh, uh, we enjoyed that time that we worked with them. We st- I still have tons of Ultra Pro products. Uh, they are really good. But, you know, that's why you haven't heard anything from them in a while. Uh, so that's, you know, I don't know if anybody was wondering, but that's that's the full reason. Okay. I'm good well, with that. Okay. Well, I'm just I'm just saying. But well, well, let me just go ahead and squirrel right into this here. But you know what? Y'all can still support the show if you want to by going over to buymeamoonpie.com. We have uh, three different levels over there. And let me tell you what we're starting to do with uh, some of our funds, Tony. We are starting to do like these monthly giveaway contests on Discord where we're going to be taking games that we played in the past that we're basically kind to call our collection down and we're sending out games to people. And all you got to do is be a member of Discord and select a game that you might want to have a chance to win, and then we'll pull a number. The problem is, Tony, is shipping is expensive for these games. It, well, shipping is expensive. You can just go stop, period. period. Yeah. Unless you can get them into a flat rate, but it's still, basically, you are getting a, buying a game for $20. You're winning a game because we're going to pay $20 shipping. That didn't come out right. We're. It's not. No. no. And yeah, you're not buying a game. You're not buying it's a game. Just, mm-hmm. No, you're not. You're not. So anyway, some of those uh, who we've started doing this, they have been really generous and they've gone to buymeamoonpie.com and, and generated a few dollars to help cover some of those costs. And we appreciate that. We're going to keep this going. But what is cool, Tony, also is that we've had some pay it forwards on our Discord channel. We've had like somebody get a game from somebody because they had an extra one. This person contacted me and said, you know what? I want to pay it forward. I got some stuff that I don't need anymore. I want to donate it to be given away to somebody else. And then somebody else has done the same thing. And so we're with several of the next upcoming contest, it's going to be from other listeners. And I'm going to keep it anonymous and let the, unless they want it known that they're going to ship the game from their house to the winner and we'll cover their shipping. But it's it's really cool that people are joining in to take these games that need some love and send them out to other people who want them. So uh, once again, I can't enter, right? <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, no, no, that ain't fair. No, that's not fair. I can't do that. Yeah, you should. So, if you want to get some of this action, head over to our Discord channel. That is on our website so that you can be able to go straight in there. We are under 10 now, approaching 500. And Marty will be giving out a $50 gift card when we hit the 500 mark. So hurry up if you're not a subscriber. It's a miniature market. A miniature market. So hurry up over there and uh, get on our Discord channel. And it was a, a rambunctious group recently on some of the discussions that have been going on. Uh, they were discussing what's going on at Tantrum Con. We had a lot of the lawnmower channels going to kick off here because it has been unseasonably warm here in our area. And I've got to go mow some grass. And we, we were talking about Bert helped out somebody decide what type of pre-emergent to put down and when to put it down. I mean, we're not talking <laughs> board games over here. We are talking <laughs> most important <laughs> subjects, though our board game channel is probably the most active. It is. That and crowdfunding. The crowdfunding yeah. channel is also very active. Speaking of uh, over there, I have just started a game yes, you did. of teaching Cuba Libra on the Discord channel. So I've been playing uh, the game remotely with people over the past couple of years. And I thought, hey, I'm going to open this up to anybody on the Discord channel who wants to learn how to play the game. There are several people who were kind of in the same boat as I would. They had physical versions of the game, never learned how to play. So three people have signed up. Everybody has got the uh, game set up. I spent like a 90-minute live teach with them uh, on the game. They asked questions. But what was cool, Tony, was about three or four other people showed up who just wanted to see how the game was played but wasn't necessarily going to play themselves. Uh, so they joined in on that. And we are about four or five cards in. So it's still early into the game. But we're having a lot of fun with that. So we're using our Discord channel to do that also. So we could do that with any game if you have it, right? Instead of going, yeah, because you and I, I'm not a big fan of getting on table board game, whatever the online uh, B, uh, BGA. Yeah, yeah me, me either. I'm the same way. I'm, yeah, I'm, and but that doesn't mean we do have an online game section where people do get on BGA, and there's always active mm -hmm. games being played among our members, which is cool too. So I could pick one of mine and say, okay, let's you know we could do an online strike. Uh, well, see now you got to pick the right game. You mean? Oh, I know. I'm just online. I know. Well, I was just thinking, I, I immediately think logistics because there are some games that just will not work logistically if like there's a shared deck or, uh, I don't know. We, we did an online strike tournament during the pandemic. We did that. That's true. And, and it, I'll admit it did not work very well, but you're right. You're doing a, a great job with that. I, f I went over to Miniature Market to try to, I was going to say, you know what? I'm just going to buy one. And then for the next round, maybe I'll support, I'll get on there and play. Oh, heck yeah. In fact, uh, one that I know that you're interested in, I just uh, played uh, one of one of our listeners, Henry. I played Fire in the Lake for the first mm -hmm. time. So now I know how to play Fire in the Lake. Not a good intro game. <laughs> Some people will say it is because of the theme. Personally, I don't. I think the map is way, 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 way too large. And there's way too many pieces. Cuba Libre, smaller map, less pieces to deal with. That's why I like that one. But Fire in the Lake is good. So anytime that you and anybody else here wants to play Fire in the Lake, I am ready to teach it. And honestly... For everybody sorry play Cuba Libra, it, it is a short teach and we'll be up and running. So you're not going to make them do the 45-minute history lesson? Well, no, it's a different history no, oh, lesson. No, I'm sorry. I, th you I thought you were going back to Cuba Libra, you, the way you said that. I thought you were going oh, sorry. short teach no. on that, but Fire in the Lake's a shorter. Oh, short teach for Fire in the Lake for like you, me, and anybody else here that wants to play sometime on like a Saturday or something. All right. So w our friends, uh, Don and I, well, they, were, they just got a new car. They got a, a Tesla and they were showing us this mm -hmm. Tesla and I was interested in, in 
Okay, I've never seen the inside of a Tesla. I've only seen the outside as they go speeding past me. Sure. And have you ever sat inside of one of those? Uh, I have. Okay. I did not know it did not have a dash. Yeah. It has a screen. And I'm like, okay, what is this thing? So anyway, they drove down to Florida and they said, you know what we did? And I said, what was that? They said, they listened to a couple of our podcasts because I've really, they're starting to really enjoy playing games and they've got a, sorry. I know that's what I said. Sorry. If they're listening, I apologize. They're not going to listen. No, no, here's the thing. If they listen to our our two episodes, they will not be listening to this one. So never mind. But that's, they, they said two things. I said, so which ones did you listen to? And they said, we don't remember. I said, that's, that's fair. (laughs) That's, that's always good. What do we talk about? I I don't know. I don't know. And that was their point. They're like, so we were listening to it and we thought we, you were going to talk about board games. Oh, geez. And I said, okay, I know which one you listen to. They listen to the one that, you know, do historical games suck for new. Oh, that was not a good one. First from the listen. I know. I'm like, what are you doing? But, But they said, well, and then we, queued up another one and then we had to charge our car and then we lost track and i said okay that's that's okay fair but they said you spend like the first 20 minutes doing a uh, uh intro i said well yeah that's what we do they were like okay well we're confused <laughs> i'm like okay and, and so everybody else that's listening right now going see we're confused too <laughs> I'm like, that's okay. But after all that was said and done, I got to see the inside of a Tesla. We went inside and we played this very Walmart style game called Blank Slate. Now, ah, okay. I don't. I know you've never played this. I uh, wait a minute. I have heard of it. You have. Yeah. Well, yeah. Didn't it come out last year? It was a newer game, right? It's newer, but I think it was 2018. Maybe let's check that because I don't want to give out no. Just talk. Fun. You talk. Tell me about the game. I'll look it up. All right. So, because chat GPT ain't playing, ain't doing it for us this time. No, they're not. So, blank slate. Think of just one, okay? Where you have a card and it has like, I've played this. You've played that. Okay. What's the years ago? I played it. I at somebody's. It was a party game. Somebody had or something, but a con or something like that. Yeah, when, when did it come out? Twenty eight. Twenty eighteen. Right. So I was right. So I don't owe anybody five dollars. Uh, the OP publish publishes OP. it. See, so it's a Walmart game. I call them Walmart Target games. So yeah, so you have either a before a word or after a word, a blank, such as blank jam. Grape jam. Pearl jam. Pearl jam. Grape jam. You, you pick one word and you write it down. Just, just one word. Why is that hard for some people sometimes? Just one. Just, just one word, people. That, that's another game. Just one. Just one. So that's what I was associating. That's why they picked it up because it looked like that for them and they loved just one. And it was interesting. I liked the scoring in it. I like how if mm. two people match, you know, that's worth three points. If more than two people match, that's only one point. And if you don't match anybody, it's no points. And I like that it is a set score of 25 or wherever you pick. And that's the end of the game. So Donna really, really enjoyed it. And I'm like, okay, well, you know, if you think you want to need to add it to the collection, you go right ahead. I'm, I'm not going to add it to the collection because I have just one. But it was interesting because I had not seen this game. And I was glad that they introduced okay. it to me. But it's that's cool. Yeah. So, so now you're having other gamers introduce you to games that you haven't played. That's neat. Yeah, and I also like the player count on it. So I was like, okay, this is this is good. This is a good one to to bring out that you can have a lot more player count. And versus, you know, where just one is very it's it's it is. It's the opposite of just one. Instead of not matching, you want to match. And it was very interesting. Of the six, the three couples, the couples kept matching. That was wild. 
So you always had two. Hmm. Like Don mm -hmm. and I were constantly matching. I forgot what was the jam. Oh, strawberry jam. We both wrote, wrote, wrote down strawberry. Why? Because it's in our refrigerator. I mean, any, I, to me, any game like that where there's some sort of words where we relate to somebody else, something like that, you're more likely to relate to really good friends or spouses because you get in that same mindset. Which is why we, which is why we killed it. Uh, code names. Oh, by the way, we have a code names game coming up in March, don't we? A live one. Yeah, March or is April. it April? It's April. Okay, it's April. We'll keep everybody informed, but we're going to do another one of Tim's code names live events, uh, which is always fun too. So we'll, we'll let you know about that. Okay, so let me tell you about a game that I got to play that you did not at. Tantrum Con, which you and I just came from. Uh, this we're recording this on a Sunday. Tantrum Con was uh, the this weekend is actually wrapped up today, but you and I were there all day Saturday for some events. Uh, Friday night, uh, I got to play a game called Dice Manor, and this is coming out from Arcane Wonders as by designer Garrett Herder. And I showed it to you on table, mm -hmm, Tony, because mm -hmm. it was in the Learn to Play area. And I thought you might be interested because of the dice mechanic. Oh, yeah. It's got dice in it. I'm going, I'm going to enjoy it. And by the way, for those that did not know, Tantricon was the weekend of the 24th, 25th, and 26th of February. So if you're listening to it, like in this episode in April, like my friends, it wasn't that past weekend in April you were listening. Just so. My bad. No. My bad. After this, we'll, we'll tell a little bit about mm -hmm. Tantricon too, because they did an amazing job. Always. Always. We had our moon pie eating event, which was funny. There's a new record now. Somebody ate six mini moon pies in one minute and 15 seconds. Amazing job there. So anyway, so Dice Manor. Theme is you're trying to build a house plan uh, by using the shapes that you bid on to build your house. And then you try to show off the house plan to guests. The dice that you have are used, one, for bidding on stuff. Two, to actually place into the house to represent guests. And the more people you get to come into your house to look around, the more points you score. But Tony, what was interesting to me was how the bidding worked. So there's six bots on the board. You have a handful of D6s. You roll them. When you make a bid, you must place all dice of the exact same number out on a bid. So if I have three threes, I can't take two threes and use them as a bid. I must use all three threes. And each one of the tiles that we can bid on has a has is numbered one, two, three, four, five, six. So if I want tile number three, I take those three threes and put them over there. And then we go around the table. Everybody places dice. Everybody scoops up the leftover dice and rolls them again. And this is going to continue till there's no dice left. And then you resolve each of the bids. Whoever has the most dice at each of the locations gets that tile. If it's a tie, whoever was there first gets it. But what's interesting, Tony, let's say somebody adds four threes to that one tile that I really want. In a subsequent roll, if I get another three, I can add a three back to it. Mm -hmm. So I can go back to a place I've already placed a bid and add another three and like fight for position. Okay. Then the other thing that you can do as the game progresses and you build out your tableau, your tableau, your house plan, mm -hmm. inside the uh, tiles, there's numbers and you can place dice of those values on those uh, numbers in the in the uh, in the house. But the thing is, though, if you can get a lot of the same numbers placed at the same time, you score more points. The more dice that you can place at the same time, remember they must all must be the same value. Same rule applies when putting them into your house plan. Okay, I'm I'm not following you here. So I'm rolling dice. I, it's not like can I place them. And future turns, or is it a roll that I need to place them all at that time to get 
Oh, no. So so you roll and then you can either start continue bidding on the mm-hmm. those uh, uh pieces to add to your dice plan or maybe once you've got a house plan already in place, maybe I have 3 threes. I put them into my house plan on the tiles that have threes. Okay. Each tile has a number from one to six also. So when you bid, you might want to bid. If I have like rooms with a couple threes, grab another couple tiles that have threes in them. So then if I get a handful of threes, I can place them all at once. The more that you place at once, the more victory points that you're going to score. And victory points are at the end of the game? Uh, You accumulate them over time. Over time, okay. uh, As you get them. There's one other little thing that's, Kind of odd. I'm not going to try to explain it. There's like a marketing and advertising place in the middle of the board where you can bid to move your marker in a central board. Mm-hmm. And your marker moves one direction and you can. Uh, there's a way to move your uh, dice. You have two extra dice on the board that moves towards uh, your marker. When they touch, you unlock an extra die to roll. Okay. So there is a way to unlock a couple additional die that you can use during your turn. But what I thought was unique was rolling putting out all of one number, then scooping them up and rolling again. That's what threw me off. It's not one roll and then just place with the roll that you have. You keep re-rolling whatever leftover dice that you have not placed yet. All right. And this is coming, is it out or no? This was in the- Yeah, this, so uh, who taught me? Was it Will? Will from a Tantrum House taught me. He said, it's actually supposed to be out any time now. And it plays in 30 to 45 minutes. Two to four players. So it's a fast game. Okay. And I enjoyed the one game we played Dice Theme Park with the dice and that kind of... So yeah, this sounds interesting. So I look forward to it. Yep. Dice Manor, Arcane Wonders. Now, I have a question about Tantrum Con. Sure. So when we were there, you know, great support, Kevin, Melissa, Will, the whole team, Ryan, everybody, I I can't name them. The Tantrum House has has expanded. It's now a big, huge home. It's a big um, mansion of people. It's no longer a small little cottage. So the tantrum house is huge. Oh, I get it. I, wow. I am so sorry. I am slow tonight. I understand now. It's tantrum mansion. Understand. Tantrum, Got it. Yeah, it's not a house. It's a mansion. They did, They put on an amazing show. They, they have definitely exceeded the space at that facility. Mm-hmm. And Here in Charlotte, North Carolina. Charlotte, North Carolina. North Carolina. Yeah, they have. And they're looking for a new place. So I'm excited I, for 2024. I can't wait for them to announce the dates. And maybe this time I'll show up on Friday. But that's, don't, don't start. I, I can see you looking at me. Don't, don't do it. Oh, I'm looking at you, big boy. I know. <laughs> don't, don't be looking at me. I look forward to this every year. I loved it when we went to Greenville and that was a very nice facility, but always uh, they do. I know I've, we've already said it, they do a great job. I mean, people talk about just how well it's run, how much free space that you have to play games. The They've got you know, there's plenty of people there that are willing to teach you games. I mean, throw up the tent and people are running right there. Great designers. Mr. Lonius is always there. We saw Matt Wolf. Um, I'm sure, I mean, those were just the two that I quickly saw. I'm sure there were a ton more there that I just completely. Oh, we hung out with uh, Rob and Brandon from Blue Peg Pink Peg oh, who came Nate, down. Nate Bivens, our good buddy, was there. He was yes. he was demoing one of his games. You missed the barbecue on Friday night with Rob and Brandon and Berkey from game toppers did you see he did a post recently perky did a post he went to nobles and said it was better okay that's fair i haven't been to nobles so i don't know okay so he was like that's a, that's a good place to go to i i was very i mean the tables were well spaced out i mean little things like that you know they can really make a, a convention yeah they can now 
I don't think we're supposed to say where it potentially could be we next don't know, year. Yeah. But yeah, but I will say this: with the ideas they had, there is one that if it's there, y'all need to come to Charlotte to this convention because it is in an amazing location of Charlotte. It's one of those things you park, you'll never have to get in your car. There's a lot of places around to visit and everything. It's going to be in a sweet location if they can land it. Mm-hmm. And if they do that, I think this thing is going to really explode for them. I hope it does because I know that's tough. It's a tough decision for them. But, what, mm-hmm. but here's my beef. I know you have a beef with me not showing up Friday, but here's, here's the beef that I have. Why I had beef Friday night at McCoy's Smokehouse and Grill. Why was the rule books always thrown at me? Okay. <laughs> I appreciate <laughs> I, I appreciate you grabbing that rule book. <laughs> um I I don't know. I, mean, I I don't know. So I'm trying to think when I uh, say I know we played uh Volanimo. Actually, you'd already kind of read the rules mm-hmm. from Volanimo. We'll we'll talk touch on that in just a second. What else did you get a Starship? Oh, captains but luckily we have a story for that when we get to the review of starship captains but yeah you ended up re- reading starting to read the review uh rules for that blazing which we're going to talk about you you did read the rules yeah i'm not sure but get, I, yeah i don't know i guess because i'm always reading rules it seems like even though you read star wars deck building which we're going to talk about my pick those up as well so i could be ready so mm-hmm. and when you pick up a rule book <laughs> it's always fun like one we're going to be talking about and the book is heavy you're like oh crushes me and then when I yeah. pick up one, I'm like, oh, this is light. But then you open it up and the print is so small. And I'm like, the readers are in the car. This is not good. Oh, man. It was, it was, it was fun reading. But one of the games, um, Volanimo? Volanimo, is that? Yeah, Volanimo from 25th century games. Mm-hmm. And this was a Bruno Catala game? Bruno Catala. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is a card game where you are going to play over five rounds. And the object of each round is to be the first to get rid of your cards. And you do that by playing combinations of either the same number or the uh, same color. And based on the number of cards you play, you multiply it by 10. And the least number in that combination, you add. And the next person has to then play a combination of cards that is greater than the value that you just played. So they don't have to exceed the number of cards you played as long as, so for instance, I play three cards and it's, that's 30. And the least number in that set is two. So I now have 32 on the table. Well, hold on, hold on. Wow. What? You, do, are they the same color or same number? Does it matter? Well, no, it does. You just can't play three cards. They must be of the same uh, color and I've already said that. or the same number. Right, I okay. already said it. But the combo, so either one of the combos, it doesn't matter about how you score them. Because if you- Got it. Yeah. It, so I, so I, listen, I played a, a combo of pink. Okay, of pink. Of what are the values? And the values are, like I said, it's going, it doesn't matter what the values are because it's the least number, but let's say it's two, five, and seven. Okay. So now it's 30 plus two because two is the lowest number in there. 32. Got it. But if I play a, play a combo of all fours, it, of three cards of all fours, it's going to be 34. Got it. So I played pink and my lowest, my value was three times 10 is, is 30 plus two is 32. Marty wants to play and he's going to play a combo of all fives and he's going to play only three cards. 35. He beats my value. Yep. Next person goes. And the goal is get rid of, get rid of, of all your cards. cards. That's it. And first one to get rid of all your cards gets points, but you continue playing until the next couple of people get rid of their cards and they get points. Rinse, repeat, five rounds. That's it. And the more rounds you play, if the fir- 
in the first round, if you're the first person to go out based on the number of players, you score that many points. The next round, second round, it's the number of people that you beat times two. Third round, times three, times four, times five. So it is a very light game. It is a very light game that a bunch of uh, us gamers were like, eh, it's definitely a family game. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is one of those you'd pull out at Thanksgiving, Christmas stuff. My only issue, Tony, was that scoring. I don't understand why the race uh, values go up with each race. Nothing else is added to the game to make it harder or easier to win a race. No. So I don't, I don't understand that part at all. They were trying to say, I guess, the later rounds, you're climbing a bigger mountain according to the rule book. I don't know. Okay, thematically, you can make it whatever you want. Rules-wise, I don't understand why it was worth more. It's just that in the fifth round, it was worth more. And so if I beat you, that was 15 points at the end. Hopefully, the person that um, won in rounds one and two and three, they stand a chance because you're right. In the fifth round, and maybe I'm wrong on the rule book, but I, that's what the rule book was saying. <laughs> oh, God. Here we go. Not, you know, no, but that's, I was reading it. I'm like, okay, this is how you score because it gave me an example of the second round. As soon as each player finishes a final card, they score below. If for each opponent still in play, when you play your final card, your score is one point for each player. Yeah. No, you're right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So in the fifth round, whoever wins it, that's 15 points if you're playing a four-player game. Anyway, it was okay. It kind of it fell flat for our group. Um, it would have to be. It's gonna want. It'd be Tony. Maybe some of your neighbors and no. stuff. Maybe they'd like it. No, no. I, I think this is a game. If if you think about it, is to help young kids because it is seven and up understand the va- without having a lot of challenge to them. Okay, you either you, you got to play either where all the numbers are the same, or it's all the color. And then for the ease of scoring, instead of having to add up, say, a bunch of numbers, two, five, and seven, for young kids, it's just number of cards times 10. Multiplying by 10 is real easy, plus a number. Mm-hmm. It makes it it makes it fairly straightforward. Yeah. Because the number of cards, you just tell the youngster, take the number of cards and put a zero on the end of it, and, and you're good to go. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. And that's probably that new math way anyway. I wouldn't. I don't know that. I don't have little cubes in front of me. To, God, I remember when Rebecca had brought home. Oh cubes. my gosh, you! I, I remember going to a elementary school session with a teacher where they tried to explain oh. that, dude. You and I had four semesters of calculus, and I am confused as they're trying to explain the cube breakdown of doing math. I did not understand it at all. And I've even had people try to justify it to me, and I'm like. <laughs> you can't. No. You can't. <laughs> I, it takes me back to the Incredibles number two, where, where uh-huh. um, Mr. Incredible is, you know, oh, God, I forget the line about he's talking about trying to teach Dash. Math. Well, why, why are they doing new math or whatever he says? That resonated with everyone in the theater. Oh. Yeah. Again, I actually was sitting there raising hand asking questions. I was like, I do not understand this. And then, obviously, me and the teacher were on totally different wavelengths because I'm coming to it from a very logical approach. And it seems like, to me, the way that it was approached was more apt. Okay, mm-hmm. anyway, that's 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 a squirrel. I don't even know if they do that anymore. Uh, Maybe they don't. Hey, if you got young kids, let me know. They're still teaching that whole cube mechanism of breaking numbers down. Is it Was it to add or multiply or something like that? Break them down into sets of tens or something? I don't know. Math is math. That's what he says. 
<laughs> math is math. That's true. Uh, oh, but anyway, tantrum high, uh, tantrum con, uh, always a great event. Come back next year. Uh, all the games we're going to be reviewing uh, in this were games that we got to check out at uh, over at uh, Tantrum Con, so I can't wait to talk about those. But before we get over to those games, we've got a special Taste Buds. Taste Buds. Taste Buds. Taste buds, two incredible stars. Taste buds, they're just a bunch of, they're just a bunch of. Well, we are back here for an exciting moment of taste buds. Two incredible studs, but not this time. There are five incredible studs at the kitchenette big massive what what is this a uh, it's a kitchen no no this thing an island. island an island <laughs> so what we're going to do is we're going to go around and let the, our special guests introduce themselves what do you say that sounds good to all me. right so let's let's start with the man right there across me in a green shirt you are sir <laughs> uh this is justin jacobson i'm the uh, board game necromancer from restoration games we're uh, up here in the queen city visiting uh we're having a design retreat so we've got the design team here and figured we'd uh, say hello to our good friends at Rolling Dice and Taking Names. Appreciate you taking the time off uh, from the work and, and bringing us incredible games. But, and, but this is going to be even better. Uh, sure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, hi, I'm Brian Neff. I am the in-house time traveler at Restoration Games. And, uh, you know, I've had some of this stuff before, but I'm, I'm sort of excited about the rest of it that's on the plate. Okay, and oh not, boy. So- <laughs> not, not, never last, but always first in our hearts. This is Rob Davio. It's February 27th, and this is a proof of life confirmation. <laughs> so here's the thing, y'all. Uh, they came into Charlotte, and they mm. graciously invited us over to their Airbnb. We've been playing some of their games and hanging out. Uh, they cooked us a great meal. Rob and Brian cooked us some nice risotto, some chicken. And we're getting ready to have a taste buds with some local Local flavors here, Tony, right here in Charlotte, North Carolina. Some are local. Some are from the Super G Marketplace, which is an international, and those are some of the potato chips on our plate. So I don't know. How do we want to proceed? Do we want to go best to worst? What do y'all want? Do y'all I, want to I start do with not want to end with that thing, that okay. brown stuff. Okay. I want that to, <laughs> I would like to get that out of the way. I, may I paint a picture to the yes, listener? Please, 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 please. A very important part of any food experience is the plating because you eat with your eyes first. Some what My I eyes. what what I am looking at is like staring into the sun. It burns. It is a small plate filled with various shades of beige and orange, put down by a child in a haphazard manner. There is no. moist peanuts. A clod of earth, <laughs> a respectable grilled cheese, a Triscuit with a topper, and three no, potato no, no, chips yeah, of an unknown origin. Yes, yes. Please don't mix up the potato chips because then I won't remember what you had on your plate. Uh, I will not touch this plating. <laughs> I clearly work was put in. Thank so you very much. Are you much. saying you want to get the worst thing out of What you think will be the worst thing out of the way, which I don't think is the worst thing? Yes. Okay. The, the, the worst thing? 
Yeah. All right. So here's the thing, though. So yeah, but Brian, we we, we want you to comment. But we don't have to do it first. I just don't want to do it last. Don't want to do it last. (laughs) So Brian Brian has some history here on the on the on the worst thing on our plate, which is liver mush. (laughs) The name needs work. So actually, in all seriousness, I love local cuisine, and I say learn of people by eating their food. And there's almost always something really funky about local cuisine. Some type of like this liver mush where people like here's a weird part of an animal, and we're gonna make something good out of it. And it's not necessarily good when you're outside the region, but it becomes sort of an identity. Mm-hmm. So I'm playing around in stuff like a little bit about the quote plating, but um, I am excited to try some of these things. Okay. Uh, we appreciate your excitement, but here are the ingredients to liver mush. All right. So this is the ingredients. Pork broth, pork livers, and we uh, pork, salt, spices, caramel coloring, and that's pretty much it. Well, that's pretty much it. I was, I, I, was honestly, I was honestly better off before I heard it. <laughs> okay. So let me take a little history about this, all right? So oh, this, Lord, is, history bo- this is believed to have come from uh, the Germans when the Germans crossed the Appalachian Mountains and they settled and they had something called, what was it, Brian? Uh, sp- uh, scrapple. 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 And this was supposed to be like a version of that. Um, here in North Carolina, by law, this has to be at least 30% liver. Oh, mm-hmm. so, so is, is that a min or a max? That <laughs> must be at least 30%. Okay, so liver. you can do more. So it's, <laughs> you can it's do not more. a cap. It's 70% sage and seasoning and fillers and stuff like that. Some, sometimes some like oat and, mm-hmm. you know, grains and things like that. For so this is the haggis of North Carolina. And I grew up on this stuff. Like I have, I still have this day with uh, eggs and everything. In fact, there's a story of my parents told me, uh, they said that one time I went up to them and said, well, they have liver mush in heaven. So even as a little kid, I was, so you really like this. Yes. So what flavor should I be looking for here? Like sausage. Okay. It's going to be like a sausage because it has some of the same seasoning as sausage. Some seasoning as sausage. I don't think it tastes like liver. Okay. Is it going to have a minerally taste? I, I don't know. Probably a little bit. Probably yeah. a little bit. Yeah, yeah I mean, bit liver typically does. Yeah. yeah. But uh, okay. So just spice, a little, the idea uh, is you put enough so spice is, in it that you don't care you, about you, that. Just yeah. to, again, paint a picture. You get this as a block. It looks like sort of meatloaf. It's like a brick. So it's to be the, clear, the, the thing says liver pudding. It does. It does. Um, Nisa's calls it liver pudding, but there's also liver mush. Okay. So, so yeah, it comes in almost like exact shape, a little bit smaller than a brick, but it's a, a grayish brown. And then you took some and you a little bit like masonry. Yeah, like you're like putty or clay. And then you took some and you fried them off into little sausage patties. Yes. And so they're browned and they're cooked and getting colder. We should probably eat them soon. Yes. And this is the hundredth anniversary of uh, Nisa's liver pudding. So there you go. All right. So so the first one play. Everybody get you a helping of liver mush. I just for the record, I don't like liver at all. (laughs) I I hate liver. I do too. Hold on a second. That's actually quite good. Very good. Does it taste like a, a strong liver? No, it's just sage, warm yeah. spices. That's it. You, you, it's tolerable. Oh, pepper. That's great. <laughs> That's great. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. Now, I, like, I don't know if I want to eat it just on its own, but with eggs and toast or I home have, fries. Or, or make sandwiches. Liver mush sandwiches with like a slice of cheese. Do you grilled? still fry it when you do that? It always, always needs to be fried. That, yeah, that would be a little it. rich for me, I think. To, like, it, it, to, to me, it feels like a nice little side dish because mm-hmm. it's a lot. Yep. 
I think the more you fry it, the, the crispier you get it, the better it is. Yes, you ate the it. whole yeah. thing. I tried to make it crispy. Brian. I like it. Brian. Here you go, buddy. <laughs> They're passing plates um, to so give Brian For the record, I, I, it actually tasted okay, but I'm very much like a psychological eater, as anyone on the team knows. Like, oh, yeah. Get, talk about, even mention the word beans, which I just said. Mm-hmm. Like, I just have a visceral revulsion to it. Liver is not quite as bad, but I have this psychological, like, a just revulsion to some things. Like, and liver is one of them. Well, I appreciate I tasted it. I bit the bullet. It actually tastes okay, but the I, knowing that there's yes. liver in there is hard for me to get over. But it tasted fine. Yeah. I, again, like, I don't know if I'm going to eat all of it, but I, I can see going back. Like, it's... Mm-hmm. No. It's, well, or cheese y'all. and cracker plate or something. Thank you all for having an open mind to it. <laughs> now, the second thing on your the plate... The flavor is good. Yeah. The, the second thing we've got to eat before... It gets cold. Is the um, boiled peanuts? Which why in the world would you do this to a peanut? <laughs> I have no. Uh, so once again, a, a very <laughs> southern thing. Uh, th- you'll be driving along in the mountains, and somebody will have a kettle on the side of the road, or to the beach, or to the beach. Pull up beside them. They pull them out of the kettle, hot and fresh. Put them in a bag, and you drive off and eat them as you go. They're so, not that warm. Well, yeah, they're um, cooled off. So a you don't bit. eat the shell. No, no, it's not. So they're much saltier than yeah. like because yes. the salt boils into them. It right? is it is boiled in brine. Yeah, and uh, these are made with green peanuts. They're not they're not fully ripe yet. They're meant to be made with green peanuts. Mm. It's the consistency that messes people up. But it reminds me of we had garlic. Bad. We had garlic yeah, yeah. confit tonight with our risotto with our bread, and it's it's that consistency. Yeah, it's, it's like sort a, of like a roasted barely held together clove. shape. Yeah, but then yeah. yeah, I picked up the the peanut. It, it comes in the shell, and I picked it up Ooh. and tried to open it, and it kind of came out like a zit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Yeah. It's not. Yeah, I squeeze I squeeze it a little bit, and it's sort of bubbling like in the movie Aliens. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> the flavor. Uh, I can't eat it. I'm on three blood pressure pills. Sure, sure. I ate a little bit. I feel like it's my entire sodium content for today <laughs> and maybe it's tomorrow. And I had maybe an eighth of a teaspoon. The flavor is not bad, but it's aggressively salty. Oh yeah! 100%. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! So I, in the springtime or whatever, I'll go get a bag of these and sit on the deck, and eat them, throw the shells out in the yard, and have a stroke. Like, what's the? Wouldn't have to go run, you know, or something like that. <laughs> um, it actually almost has a flavor of a boiled new potato too. There's an earthiness yeah. to yeah. it. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Yeah, like a really See, salty, earthy new potato. When you put foodies on taste buds, there's actually intelligence <laughs> going on here. So when you throw the shells in, it, is that like a fertilizer for the, I mean, or is it just because you're lazy? I mean, put the shells <laughs> when, in. On the yard, when you're eating them on the back. Oh, it's just, it's just compost. You know, okay, that that's point. why I don't know. Yeah. Like, you know. Yeah. It's to mess up the squirrels. Yeah, the squirrels do get, they, squirrels like it too. And then they have this blood is, pressure problems. Is, <laughs> <laughs> it's the long con. All right. I, I will say that I don't know what Tony has brought. There's going to be the two foods that people have the biggest distinction on. I hate it or love it sort of deal. Which? Okay. The boiled peanuts? Boiled peanuts and liver mush. What's next? Rob, tell me what you want. I want to know a little more about these potato chips, including if I'm going to eat something violently spicy, I'd like to warning. Uh, no, they, okay. are not, they are not spicy by any means. I want to guess, though. Let me, let's see if we can guess. Yeah, so there's one that's like that. green. Okay, see, so yeah, the, yeah, first, green. the first one I want you to taste, uh, now for okay. Justin has, uh, yes, the one that is to the left of your pimento cheese okay. trisket. So is this guy there's, here there's, there's a plain non-ruffle. one and then the two, plain yeah, two yeah, the with ruffle. red. Yeah. With, uh, this smells ridges. like a burnt tire. And you say this is from what type of restaurant? Wait, what, uh, what, what country? 
or uh, region? I would. I do not know because I the this. Uh, I'm not being mean here. It's the, the language. The oh, it's not in English. The bag's not in English. Do we even know it, what it, I mean? Uh, what it tells you is so oh. that you can pick it is up. Is it an Asian market? It's an Asian market. Okay, yeah. Oh, okay. All right. All right. So this it smells is, hot, spicy, burnt rubber. It's just like some cheese and some I don't, ginger. I'm not smelling it. So for the record, che- I have a horrible sense of it smell, be which cheese often comes in quite handy. All right, let's give it a shot. That's oh, I know this. Is this I know this. Durian? No. <laughs> it's a little spicy, not bad. Just a tiny bit. Is it bit. spicy? Like gingery, Ooh, sort of. It's yeah. got a little tingle. There's some Sichuan, like. Oh, a little bit there. A little bit well, at the end, right in the nose. I have no clue. I mean, there's a little bit of heat. Do you like another one? Or wait, 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 wait. It's a little bit... Oh, damn it. I know this taste. <laughs> yes, you do. It's not sriracha, is it? No. There's no heat to it. There's a little heat in it. No, it's ginger or it's like wasabi or... Mm-hmm. Oh. I wouldn't... It would be green, uh, though, if it were wasabi. wasabi. Yeah. No, it's, it's, how about paprika? Okay. No, it's... Yeah. That gives it an orange taste. I can't figure but it out. But paprika is not pretty common in Asian... Cuisine, yeah, I, I, I will know it when I hear it, but I can't get it. All right, so it is salted egg. Oh, okay. Oh, don't know what. Don't know that I would have gotten. You that. guys are gonna kill me. I'm gonna have a stroke. <laughs> it's a potato chip. What were you expecting, Rob? <laughs> <laughs> what is that language, though? That looks like some sort of Indian type. Salted egg. I never ever would have guessed that. Or Thai, they're yummy. Maybe, or something According like to the bag, they're yummy. Yeah, they're fine. Yeah, it's Thai, product Thai. of Thailand. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I mean, can I see it? Yeah, yeah, sure. Does it have the ingredients in English? So the, the, the flavor, they also write in the, the language. So it's in the, there's a Thai alphabet there. I don't know what the alphabet is for Thailand, but I assume it's a... Potatoes, oil, seasoning, sugar, milk powder, tapioca starch, maldextrin, salt, onion, garlic, egg yolk powder. I would say now that you say MSG. egg, I can taste it. Mm-hmm. I can taste it. I don't know that I would. It definitely, where's there. the heat coming from, Rob? Is it in there? It doesn't say. Because it definitely, like, it's. Spices. It's not. Disodium hot, and ribonucleotides, maybe. <laughs> oh, yeah. Sure. sure. Yeah, uh huh. I agree. All right, 100%. we got some dead air here. So let's move to the green one. All right. The green one, just get a little bit, Rob. Just get a little bit. You need to do a palate cleanse over here, Marty, because you've been eating those salted briny peanuts. I don't like that smell. You already put it in? Yeah. I tried it. I hate shrimp. Should I eat this? It's not shrimpy. It's not seafoody, at least. Mm, I don't care for it, whatever it is. Do, do not eat the next one. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not allergic to it. I just... Okay. I think that one's not bad. Mm, no. That's, really? That's, that sucks. <laughs> it's not for me. That sucks. Okay. Well, what? The bag, wait, 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 wait. What is that? I'll, I'll show the bag after we eat the it's next a, one. Yeah. It's got an aftertaste. What, are they like yeah, together or something? <laughs> really? I'm the only one who thought it was okay? <laughs> it's okay. It's grassy, but I can't figure out what that means. Yeah, I thought it was like, I don't know, like lemongrass or something even. I don't know. Yeah. Ooh, I getting it was close, right. yeah. We may have to get to Google Translate. This one didn't come in English. Oh, right. Is it so bamboo? No, it's not bamboo. Well, what are you going to tell us what it is? <laughs> no, because I got to get the bag. But if this one, there, it's a two-for-one bag, so oh, they okay. mix them. The oh, oh right. they put okay. them both okay. in there. Mm-hmm. All right, let's take... Oh, that definitely has, not, a not, no. yeah, oh, has a seafoody flavor. Yeah, it has a seafoody flavor. Or smell, even. And no. I can't smell, oh, so oh, it's God, strong. No. <laughs> yeah, that's, no. like, that's fish sauce. All right, I'm going to try this. Funk. <laughs> Funk. It's not... I like that one more than the last no, one. No, 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 no. Mm-hmm. Hey, nothing against. I'm with Brian. What he, he and I's taste was the same. I like this one. There's a lot of a lot of cultures, especially in Southeast Asia, that just love 
fish there, and fun There is some sort of SS of fish, seafood something. So, I'm going to see if I can talk to us. Translate yeah, this. One of them is a prawn. Yeah, it's salted prawn or barbecue prawn is the oh, last one you just tried. Okay. Yep. Grilled shrimp and seafood sauce. So the other one was seafoody. Okay. Or seafood sauce. Yeah, the green the green one is grilled shrimp. Oh, the green one's grilled shrimp. And the the other one is seafood dipping sauce. Oh. Huh. Huh. Wow. <laughs> so I ate shrimp after all. You did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sorry. It didn't taste shrimpy to me. That one tasted I don't know. That was oh, no, they got the ingredients. It's all the same. CD seasoning, which is just always MSG, contains soybeans, fish, and shrimp. I don't like any of those. Yeah, I'm. Uh, <laughs> so no, but I don't mind no. the chip. I don't know. I'm growing. So, so of the three, so how would we rank these? Of the three, so the salted eggs, the sh- shrimp taste, or the seafood. See, I thought. See, one of these bags had a basil t- uh, type with it, but that's what I thought the green was. But this is you're telling me it's not. It's shrimp. I actually, that's what the bag says. I think that so. seafood sauce I actually like the best, which is bananas. Yeah, I think not I'm, bananas, but seafood sauce. I think I'm seafood sauce, boiled eggs, grilled shrimp. Oh wait, which one was the green one? That was the grilled shrimp. Really? Because yeah. the color green is on this side, where I, there's no the picture of the sauce, and orange is the. I'm pretty sure green is the seafood sauce, just based on the yeah. thing. Like green I, is on uh, the side with the sauce. I appreciate this culture's chips. Then they are not for me. How about this culture's chips, All right. Rob? Transition. Pork rinds. <laughs> Fried pork skins. Again, another southern delicacy because you got to use every part of the okay, pig. Okay, just because it's food doesn't mean it's a delicacy, every though. Every part of the pig. Now, if you get lucky, you might find one with a little bit of, little bit of hair left on it. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I'm going to have to bleep rinds. that. Pork rinds. So, I'm not a big pork rind guy, okay. but, uh, you know, back when I did Atkins in the 90s or whatever, yes. they were very big. This is actually very, I mean, this is low carb. This is actually good one for Atkins. I used to eat this all. This and beef jerky. Sodium's pretty good. Everybody too. Zero sure carbs. Crunch good into the mic. Crunch good into the mic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, they're all right. Not yeah, so, sodium's not great for you, but no. it's like a carbs. salted packing peanut. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, yeah it's <laughs> absolutely just crunch. Like if you take a packing peanut out of a box and eat it. Yep. You get a little bit now, of the bacon I, taste in there. It's pretty good. Yeah, I got just the plain ones. They also have barbecue and other yeah, flavors. I mean, it's too. not bad. Conceptually, you know, I'm eating skin and livers, right? Do you ever eat the pig or do you just... Like, <laughs> yeah. Does that just get shipped up that's, north? That's the barbecue. That's Carolina the barbecue. barbecue. Uh-huh. So after the barbecue, this is what's left over and processed. All right, stuff. I'm about to throw down here, though. Carolina barbecue is my least favorite Ooh. style of barbecue. Oh. I, I said it. I said it. That's fair. <laughs> What's your, what's I, I, so I went to school in Carolina, mm-hmm. as you know, right. and uh, we had plenty of, and it's okay, but it's does, my does, least, does it matter let me to, to be clear, I love barbecue, so being my least favorite barbecue is fine, but it's, I was gonna say, is it the sauce? yeah, it's the vinegar is it, sauce. Is it the, okay, but you, do you like the Western, which is tomato-based? Yes. Or the, okay. South, or the South Carolina that's mustard. And South Carolina's mustard. It's mustard, okay. Mustard I don't test. particularly love that so either. It's like, the vinegar sauce. You like Carolina barbecue as long as it has the Western yes, sauce sauce Yes, that's true. What's your What's your favorite kind of barbecue? Uh, Memphis. Mm, okay. Yep. Got some heat. Or I, or just even just my favorite barbecue is Texas brisket. Texas brisket. And I don't, I don't really don't need any sauce. Mm-hmm. I like it with sauce or whatever. But if I'm act, like mm. a actual like ribs or Memphis ribs with a Memphis sauce, love it. I love barbecues. Now it's funny. This next these next right, couple yes. things growing up. Like the cheapest kind of cheese you could get is pimento cheese, but for some reason it's been no, really <laughs> hot. It's or, hip. Not, yeah. Not hot. Oh yeah. It. It's been. 
uh, like there's a bunch of high-end southern restaurants oh, sure. that mm-hmm. feature pimento cheese and a lot of different things. It's now. pure hipster. Is it? Oh, I bleeped the wrong one. <laughs> 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 it's full hipster bolt. There we go. <laughs> so we have a grilled cheese made with it and then just some on a trisket if you just want to taste the cheese itself. So this is a grilled cheese with pimento? So what oh. makes pimento so cheese so pimento cheese? cheese first? It's made with mayonnaise. A really good cut of cheddar cheese and then a little bit of pimento mixed into yeah. it. I, I love pimento cheese, so right on my own. So it was great. Growing up, and if you it went to like a fancy Velveeta, ah, well, if you get Polly's Island pimento cheese, the real hipster stuff, it's got a lot of kick to it. It's really yeah. good. But growing up it's here, this this is Velveeta. what you would get at a wedding, except the crust would be cut off the white bread, and they'd fi- give you give you pimento cheese sandwiches finger sandwiches, as well as egg salad sandwiches at weddings. Well, I got to say, this is delicious. I'm so. Yeah. And this is made actually right here in Charlotte. It's called Queen Charlotte's uh, Pimento Cheese. Nice. Very good. Yeah. Sweet. It's creamy. Mm-hmm. Lovely. It's very homey. Mm. Gosh, I mean, for, little... for the South, for America, like I don't think the French or something would find this. A lot of people um, homey, but... like putting it on burgers. I like Pimento Cheese oh, burgers. Oh, yeah, bit it melts well. It's got that sweetness that works well. Yeah. Yeah. Take, take the burger, dig out the some of the center throw some pimento cheese in it and then put cap it with some more meat now we got extras of everything what more do you want here sausage eggs i can make (laughs) some more liver mush i can fry some more liver mush right now Uh, hey well i could i could go get the pimento cheese if you want to talk about good dip a salted potato chip in some pimento cheese i can fry your liver mush put pimento cheese on it and put it between two pieces of bread on that white bread right there (laughs) (laughs) that's some good eats You know, I really feel like I'm in the South. <laughs> well, we really appreciate y'all biting whatever we put on the plate here. They must say bite the yeah, board. y'all are really good sports. I was trying to... And, and to be fair, now, Justin was the one that actually reached out two days ago and said, hey, y'all going to be with us? Why don't we do a taste buds? And then my, my wheels just start spinning in my head about trying to think of something that would be unique. And uh, this, is, this is all the stuff I came up with. Yeah, I was thinking moon pies and we got liver mush. But it was fun. Thank <laughs> you. Fun. I mean, take 60% of what was there was good. Well, I was looking for pickled pig's feet, but I couldn't find it. Oh, oh thank the Lord. <laughs> Actually, what I'm taking away, like taking away the, the chips, which are not from myself, right. but you yes. bought on a dare or something. But yeah. um, <laughs> what I'm getting is homey food, salty food, mm-hmm. emphasis on pork. <laughs> um, and also just like some sweetness like there's there's like a very comforting nature to this these sorts of foods that you're putting here yes it's southern comfort food yeah that's what it's called southern comfort food i can see being a kid or something like that or just like you know even as an adult going back to your childhood and having those peanuts or having a grilled cheese with pimento and it's just comforting yep that's exactly what it is also we have a lot of soul food restaurants around here oh, yes. that specialize in a lot of this stuff too so some really good stuff around here so tell us, before we get out of yes. here, what, what's happening at Restoration Games? Well, we're here on our design retreat, which is fun. So we spent a lot of time playing some old games just to see some fun stuff. Maybe if we had some ideas for some new games. And then we're playtesting a lot of prototypes. When is this coming out? I think that's an important question. This is coming out a week from tomorrow. That doesn't help anybody. It's, so it'd be the first Tuesday in March. Okay, so that will be after we announce the thing, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay, I just want to triple check. Oh, nice. I'll get in trouble with Suzanne. No, I, I was heading. I'd done the math. I was going <laughs> to okay. talk about it if you hadn't. So uh, this will be, have been announced by the time this airs, but we are uh, going to be doing Unmatched Adventures, mm. uh, Tales to It Maze. Uh, we're going to be running a Kickstarter on March 23rd, 
And it's a very special new kind of unmatched set. Uh, when do you want to talk about it? Rob's putting a cookie in his mouth or something. Brian, you want to take this one? <laughs> yeah, for sure. So Unmatched Adventures Tales to Amaze is a cooperative take on Unmatched where you can team up with, uh, you know, you can play by yourself or team up with another, you know, three people to take on uh, some villains and, um, you know, try and save the day. And it comes with four uh, heroes that you can play, you know, uh, in a regular unmatched game, you can also take all of your other heroes that you have from your other unmatched sets, bring them in and play unmatched adventures with them. Um, we're very excited about it. Um, and, you know, it's just been a just been a blast to work on. Yeah, we have uh, Quan Chai Moria doing the cover mm-hmm. arts and mm-hmm. the uh, art for the, the foes. We have four different artists doing the four hero decks. And it's a much bigger sort of set because it comes with a lot of bits and bids and bob bits and bobs. <laughs> Um, the, the minis for the villains are extra cool. They're not special, like standard minis. They're a little bit larger. They're two piece. They've got a little bit of, uh, bling to them. So that's kind of fun. Um, and it's just a different way to play. So we're excited because there might be people who like want to play with younger kids so they can play cooperatively or people who don't like the aggressive nature of a skirmish game, but they're interested in trying out on match and seeing those fun combinations. So now you can, again, you could take your, you know, uh, Daredevil and bring him and fight uh, Mothman as one of the villains. So, yeah. for example, it's, the two villains are Mothman, Martian Invader. They each There's a bunch of minions you can choose from, too, that help them out. And uh, it should be a lot of fun. I'm excited for show people this. It's something that uh, got brought to us by a couple of our big fans. They designed the original design. We did the final development on it and been working on it for a couple of years now. Yeah. So I'm excited to finally show people uh, the new and, direction. And the we, we, we might have a minion in there that's from North Carolina. I believe Skunk Ape's from North Carolina, isn't he? Skunk Ape? Skunk Ape? No, Skunk Ape's from Florida. Skunk Ape's from Florida. That's Bigfoot's what it is. Bigfoot's from North Carolina. Bigfoot's from North Carolina. We, don't, right. we don't have Bigfoot in there. He, we already have Bigfoot. We already He's have Bigfoot. That's Bigfoot's why we don't game. have him in yeah. there. <laughs> I, so this is a game that I got to, I'm sure it's changed a lot. I got to play test a little bit of Origins last year and had a blast with it. It was fun. It is a really solid, fun co-op game. And I know it's already, about, I guess it's already been shown, but we got to see the the box cover, which looks absolutely amazing. Looks absolutely yeah, we gorgeous. were, so Quanchai is someone we've been dying to work with on Unmatched. As you know, we get all different artists from all over the place. And Quanchai, I've been dying to work with him on it. We've worked with him a few things in the past, but I uh, always wanted to get him in Unmatched. And uh, when we told him it was going to be mostly like, uh, you know, uh, creature feature and mm-hmm. cryptids and those types of guy, uh, foes and things like that. He was super excited to work on it. So it was a lot of fun uh, to have him finally working on an unmatched set. Yeah, it's great. I, the, the whole theme of the box has like a 1950 sci-fi pulp magazine feel from the cover to the rule book to sort of the styling on the cards themselves. So it's like, hopefully it does very well. Again, the Kickstarter's 32323. Three two three two three, and when do you think something like that might ship? Project it's actually going to ship pretty close pretty to Gen Con. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Whoa. so we uh, okay, wow. we have actually started production, like early production on oh, okay. it. And the reason why we're doing a Kickstarter is because it's a new direction. It's a Kickstarter is a good opportunity to get some eyes on it and have more room to explain people what it's all about. Mm-hmm. So if we just try and do it through marketing, it's hard to convey sort of all the stuff that's in the box and all the things you can do with it and things yeah. like that. So the Kickstarter page gives us a lot of real estate to try and you know present that information to people. Yeah, because you can play it cooperatively if that's how you want to buy it. If you're a person who likes competitive unmatched, you can buy it for the heroes. It all it all sort of works together. So the Kickstarter gives us a really good you opportunity. You can play competitively just, just with the on box. the maps. Yeah. yeah, you can mm-hmm. use the, the mm-hmm. maps that come with it. They're special mm-hmm. maps for the cooperative game, but you can also just play a regular competitive game on them mm-hmm. as well. 
Mm -hmm. So it's hard to explain all that just through a couple of tweets. So we thought a Kickstarter would be a good way to do that. But we also, the game's essentially done. Kickstarters, you'll see, is very straightforward. No stretch goals. Not that long. It's really just an opportunity to put a spotlight on it, show people everything that's going on with it. We do have a couple of goodies that you'll get some freebies Mm -hmm. if you back the Kickstarter to make it worth people's while. We're looking forward to it. And then in addition to that, um, we have a couple of new prototypes. You've seen a couple of them that we can't talk about. So we have some uh, new stuff that'll be coming. That stuff's not going to be coming out until next year. Um, Obviously, Return to Dark Tower Covenant expansion is coming later this year. Thunder Road is on a boat right now. Uh, and then, of course, we have crossbows and catapults. Uh, that'll be going to Kickstarter in June, mm-hmm. and uh, that'll be fulfilling early next year, and that one's coming along nicely. So the whole idea behind the design retreat was we had a little fun with some old games, but then we took all our sort of in-development stuff, and we're just taking three days, jamming on them, putting all the finishing touches on everything and getting it off our plate and get it over to the picture people. I will say it's really cool how uh, y'all brought like a lot of old games, like you said, Rob, some games that you've worked on in the past and kind of going through them again. And we played one earlier tonight. I don't know if we could say what else. We don't know. We just played a game earlier night that I thought, oh, this is because it's what, what, 20 something years old 25 now? 25 years old. And it's old one of the things that we played. It's like, oh, this is kind of fun. It's, it's really cool to see you guys work. It's like, well, it's fun, but we could do this and do this and make it even better. I'm like, yeah, I hope y'all do that one we played night because it was actually fun party type game so i tweeted it out we can talk about it yeah that was that way i tweeted that one out yesterday so <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a game uh, called yeah. don pepe or il oh. padrino it had a couple different names and it yeah. came out in 1999 right when i had started hasbro as justin was calling it really old games and i'm like i worked on these <laughs> uh says the man with the gray beard <laughs> i know but, but I look know. at everybody young whippersnapper i age gracefully it's it's a silly sort of it's a lighthearted game of murder like I don't yeah. really know how it's like it's like bang to me or, it's like bang yeah but as but better yeah I think it has more stuff so you know but it. you're looking at it and you're, we don't know if the rights are available we don't know if we would change it we know so we're the fact that we're talking about it now just shows like a little bit peek behind the curtain because we evaluate dozens of games yeah, these are all design candidates yeah they're all candidates and you know we played some other games over there we're like okay not for us or it didn't age well or. We doesn't fit our price point or our brand or something like that. But this one, as of right now, we're like, eh, maybe. But some games make it quite a ways, and then we we drop them, and some mm-hmm. of them make it over the finish line. Well, I'm just sitting here talking stuff. I've been waiting for Tony to finish off his bold peanuts and lip mush, <laughs> and he hasn't done so yet. <laughs> that bold peanuts are going to go in the trash. I tell you that much. <laughs> oh, my there God. There you go. Here, I already took them out of the shelf for you. Oh, no, I you. am not touching boiled peanuts. I told you that when you were going to buy these things. I'm not touching snot. It is, oh. It's not the texture. It's just the salt. And I would. So, Tony, is it? You, did you grow up down here also? Yes, this is, this this is where is, I grew up. But did this just missed you. You grew up like and the five miles from here, right? No, that's, well, that's where I live. I, I, I grew up near the airport area. So high school, all that. So yes. So but boiled peanut. You didn't like sweet tea. I don't like sweet tea. So you all this stuff just missed you. What's what's up? Great. I'm from Maine, and I don't like lobster. Oh really? Yeah. Be true to yourself. I know I am. uh, But I do have the uh, Coke. That's definitely the Diet Coke, Coke, Coke Mm. Zero. But. No, that is not good. I don't know why you were mm, on those boiled peanuts. No, no, no. He was just having a seizure from the sodium. Oh, is that what it was? <laughs> I, my my um, CPR license expired two years ago, so knock yourself out. <laughs> do what you need to do. So we appreciate you gentlemen picking Charlotte to have your retreat. And this is an amazing location. I hope you come back. And if you do, we'd love to come. We promise we'll bring better stuff next time. <laughs> 
Oh yeah, but remember, this is all Justin's fault. This is all Justin's <laughs> fault. But I'm glad he's the guy thought of it because this was a lot of yeah, fun. Yeah, we're gonna do it. We're gonna do it again. Absolutely, love to. So y'all, uh, keep an eye out for the uh, na- the Kickstarter coming out at the end of March. The name of unmatched, unmatched Adventures: Tales to Amaze. Yeah, y'all, I've, I've played it again. It was an early version, but I had a lot of fun playing it. And this was on like prototype maps and everything like that. So I can't wait to see what the final version looks like. I've seen the art of the cards, which is absolutely amazing. And y'all should be able to go out to the Kickstarter preview page. You'll probably see that stuff right now, anyway. So yeah. curious, are y'all going to Gen Con this year? Yeah, we'll be at Gen Con. Uh, we have lots of stuff. Uh, Coming out of Gen Con, um, I think Thunder Road should definitely be there. Mm-hmm. And uh, one more thing that we have not announced yet, I think we'll be there too, hopefully, if we're lucky. If we're yeah, lucky. that's amazing because I have no idea what you're talking about. I'm probably wrong then. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. How a successful business works. They yeah. keep each other in the dark. I'll yeah, like it's just been a long day. <laughs> well, then we'll get on and get out of y'all's hair then. All right, y'all. Thanks again. Bye. Cheers. Bye. Thank you. It was a huge Kickstarter for Portal. Now it's available 11. You want to be a football manager or or soccer manager, as I say here in the States, then you need to check out this new game from Portal Games that is shipping right now. It's in stores 11. It goes to 11. Not 10, 11. You're not playing the game of soccer necessarily. You're managing a club. You're trying to get players and do management, take care of the stadium and everything like that. Sounds like a really, really cool Euro. It's available right now. And he's starting to talk a lot about Thorgal. Have you gotten your uh, graphic novel yet, Tony? I have not. The, uh... I have not gotten my graphic novel. But, oh, I can't By the say. way, I was... I was wrong on the last episode. I said the author was Polish. That's incorrect. Mm-hmm. He's Belgian. The artist is Polish. Uh, so you need to go pick up that graphic novel for Thorgal. Start from the beginning and see if this would be something interesting to you. Because it is to me. Because it sounds like a really cool co-op with some really cool combat mechanics. And you can find out more by signing up over at their page for Thorgal over at GameFound. So 11 out now. Go sign up for more updates from Thorgal over at PortalGamesUS.com. Tony, you're pointing at you you're like you have something else and to say. And one of my favorite games, I enjoy Imperial Settlers. I enjoy Empires of the North. But the 51st State Ultimate Edition Bundle pre-order is out there. Yeah, it's $90. If you're like me, you're saving up your allowance. I already mentioned it, but you get everything. We're talking the Ultimate Edition, including the base game and the expansions, Winter, New Era, Scavengers, Allies, Moloch, and No Man's Land, plus 20 promo cards. And our favorite thing of all, the most needed accessory of all games is a neoprene playmate. Playmate. <laughs> Playmat. I wish it was a neoprene. Never mind. We will continue on. But that is... <laughs> oh, Ignacio, you're paying for this. Uh... <laughs> wait a minute. Wait. Is that a stretch goal? I'm just kind of curious. A neoprene playmate? It might be. I don't know. <laughs> oh, my heaven. So, anyway, be sure to head over, as Marty said, to shopportalgames.com to get that pre-order in. You don't want to miss it. Five minute initiative begins in three, two, one. 
Tony, if I sat down with you and said, Tony, I'm going to teach you a deck building game, how would you expect that game to play? I would expect that game to play with me getting an initial starting hand of 10 cards, and then I would draw five cards. I would see a market in front of me, and I would play those cards to either buy from the market and possibly do damage to you to try to win the game or damage to collect from a central pool and get the most of that pool over to my side. Then I would discard those five cards, draw five new cards, and rinse, repeat until the end occurs. That's what I would expect. Well, that's exactly what you get with the Star Wars deck building game from Fantasy Flight Games designed by Caleb Grace. I have been very excited about this game because it's supposed to be an asymmetric game where one person plays as the Empire, one person plays as the Rebels, and everything that you just said is exactly how the game plays. So then people may be wondering, well, wait a minute. What's different? Mm -hmm. Well, one of the things that is different, Tony, is the market. And this is actually one of the things I like. The market of cards has three types of cards. They have rebel cards, empire cards, and neutral. Only the empire can buy the empire cards. Only the rebel can buy the rebel cards. And both of us can buy the neutral cards. So I appreciate having a market that was different for both of us. That was very interesting. I also like the fact that you can blow up people's cards. So if I didn't like your rebel card sitting there on my turn, I could defeat your card and I would get a reward. That is different. Another key difference is, you know, I talked about how do you get to the winning or end game? I need to blow up three of your planets. It's not very nice of me. Bases. Bases. Okay. They were, they were planets, but fine. Bases. And after I blow up one, at the start of the next turn, you pick a new planet that actually has a specific... Base. Stop it. <laughs> okay <laughs> coruscant is a planet i'm just telling you it was the base where okay i'm just using the nomenclature okay fair the death star is a base i'll give okay. you that so the planets that you're expecting are, in, are the ones that you know or bases blow them up the non-starting ones have special abilities that allow you to do something but marty there was one more distinct difference in this game through all other deck builders that I have played. What is it? That's right. So there you have the force. There's a card on the side and the force starts right in the middle. All of your cards have up to three stats. One is a uh, number of resources it generates. One is the attack value and the other is how far you can move that force token. So when you play a card, it may say a move the force token one, you move it towards your side. If that token is on your side of the board, if you play a card that says, if the force is with you, you can use that ability. So you want to keep the force on your side so that you can always use that if the force is with you ability on the cards. So you're going to be building up your uh, your deck. You're going to be building up strength. You're going to be attacking bases. You can get uh, 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 battle cruisers or starships in order to protect your uh, base. So you can put them out there where those must be damaged first before the base. It, to me, Tony, almost had like a Star Realms feel to yes. it. Because, you know, there were uh, ships that you can have and play the state and play from round to round. That's what bases and cruisers were. Yes. So for a deck builder, one of the things that you need to keep in mind is that if you're familiar with all these deck builders, there's nothing new here other than force. Uh, the factions of the cards, actually, there are other deck builders that have this kind of concept to it. And they all tie together. And But I did, I did enjoy the force. And I did like how that if I were to destroy a card, I would get a reward. Destroy one of your cards. Yeah, so let's talk about that. Because that's really cool. When you put the cards out into the market, let's say you're paying the um, Empire. If it's an Empire card, the card, we orient it so it faces you. 
But for me looking at it, the bottom of the card has text on it that says reward and how much damage it needs to destroy it. We found that you can call cards out of your deck and it seems like the best way to do it was many of those cards had the reward of exile a card. Mm -hmm. Exile is how you get rid of those weak starter cards later in the game. So attacking the middle or attacking the market not only hinders the other person from getting possibly a good card, but it allows you to call your deck too and, and get other rewards. And like with all deck builders, depending on the card draw to fill up the market can advantage some people. Like my Empire cards were showing up over Marty's cards. Therefore, for him, he couldn't buy the Star Cruisers that he needed where I was having them show up. Meanwhile, I could not destroy any of his cards, junking up my deck. Therefore, my resources that I had, I stopped buying stuff because I knew I did not want my deck to become bloated. Typical deck builder type stuff. One other nice thing about the Star Cruisers, too, is they typically you gave you resources at the beginning of your turn. And this was interesting, too, Tony. It's not like when you played a card, you could either use it for resources or attack or its ability. You could do all three. So you might have a card that has all three values on it. I'm going to collect a certain number of resources. It's going to generate an X amount of attack, and it's going to move the force, and it has an ability. So I could use the ability, you know, kind of indicate I've used the ability by rotating it or tapping it a little bit then assign it to actually deal damage to somebody else. So I appreciate it wasn't a one or the other. You get to do both with all your cards. And I also like that you didn't pull the attack so into say, okay, we're going to spread. You had to assign it. So if you had some leftover, it was wasted. It was overkill. That is what it is. It's a deck builder. Let's just be honest about it. this is a deck builder. It's got the Star Wars name on it. I love my deck builders. This is a good one. This is one that I think Donna really loved Star Realms. So I'm excited to let her play this. Yeah, I, I agree. If you're looking for something that's really going to change deck building, this isn't it. But it is a good, solid deck building game for Star Wars. The market uh, force aspect of it, I really enjoy too. It does play fast, 30 minutes, mm -hmm. right? Super, super quick game. I like it. Definitely don't get rid of this when you're done with it, Tony, after you play with Donna. Because I think this is one of those you and I can just play with over lunch real quick. So if you like Star Wars and you like classic deck building games, check out Star Wars The Deck Building Game from designer Caleb Grace and publisher Fantasy Flight Games. Five minute initiative is complete. All right, so it's Saturday night, Tony, and you're like, all right, what's another game we can play? And we received a copy of Starship Captains. And you said, and we saw this back at Gen Con. We were very interested in it. Um, it's from CGE Games designer Peter Hofgard. And uh, you said, give me that. So you got it. You took the shrink off. You pulled out the rule book and started reading. Somebody at our table said, you know, I think they had this set up in the learn to play room. Mm -hmm. And we thought, oh, that's really cool. So they went and checked. Contacted us. It's set up here. And went, oh, sweet. So we had got to set it up. We went over there, sat down, and then Tony, you, you, the good person that you are, start trying to read through the rules, make sure it's set up correctly. And then out of the blue, we had Zach show up. Somebody that we met there at the show earlier from Cincinnati, who's a listener of the show, said, oh, y'all going to learn how to play Starship Captains? Well, I know. Would you like us, like me to teach you? We're like, yes, yes. we would. <laughs> so Tony, we had the best possible outcome for learning a game set up for us and somebody told us but the best what was the funniest part is he said well first 
We need to get you on the correct side of the board. You're on the <laughs> three-player side. You need to be on the four-player. And you're, and you're looking at me. You were reading the rules. I'm like, yeah, but I'm not responsible for setup. I was reading the rules. So, Zach, thank you so much. Zach sat down and joined us to watch us play Star Wars. The deck-building game. Deck building he, was, game. he said he had bought it, actually. Uh, yep. So, I didn't see He says, okay, well, after he watched this, he even made the comment. He says, okay, this is straightforward, easy. I understand this is a deck builder and another good friend of ours. I know we're, we're into this one, but he basically is, well, it's good that they put it on the cover deck builder game. Anyway, starship captains. I was very excited to do this first off cause I'm a star Trek kind of guy. And I, it reminded me of that. Okay. Mm -hmm. Away missions doing that red shirts, you got technology, you got fighting pirates. You know, I was like, okay, this is it. But what it boils down to, and I always do this jumping to the end of the game. How do you win? Victory points. It, but it's always how it, it is so rare. It's not that. So I know. I even say it now. It, but that's the tongue in the cheek right there. It's oh, a, that's your thing. Oh, uh, yeah, okay. That's, that's your tongue is firmly inside your cheek. Yeah, it's like, uh, there's no surprise here. If we don't even have to talk, I tell you what, we should just say, all right, unless we mention the winning conditions from here on for the past 280 plus episodes, it's, we should have just said, Everything's going to be victory points is your winner. Other than <laughs> yeah, that, we'll, we done, we'll point it out. I, I wish we'd done that day one. So I remember when we saw this at Gen Con, the thing that really was interesting to us is that this is really at its core a worker placement game. It's just that you have different color workers that can be used for different jobs. Uh, one of them, uh, is, they're all ensigns and they have different colors. The yellow ensign is good for fighting pirates. The red ensign is good for moving the ship. The blue ensign is for tech. Uh, for being able to uh, get new abilities. The gray ensign is using for repair of the ship, but actually any of the other three color ensigns could also be used to repair See, the ship. You're going to cost me $5. Oh, it's not ensign. Well, it's an ensign. It's an ensign? <laughs> I didn't know that. But it's okay. That's all right. So there's... There, it's spelled E-N-S-I-G-N. So and it's an yeah you know, we can we'll call it an ensign for the rest of the show but that's no, I, no don't ensign ensign oh my gosh but, anyway but sorry. so but so there's three types of workers you're right there's the ensigns the cadets and the androids okay all right and they all have capabilities the cadets are the gray ones that that's yeah. typically and they can only repair, repair a ship yeah. but all other ensigns can also do repair repair is that action that everybody can do but only your specific color allows you to do the red can only do the helm fly it can fly it. Yeah. As with all good worker placement games, there's, you're going to sit there and look for how do I get more workers? And in, yep. in this game, it's not like you're going to get them by doing certain actions on the board, right? Basically as the round progresses, you're given new cadets uh, that are just earned after each round. But what's interesting, Tony, is I love how you can promote cadets to a certain type of ensign. Mm -hmm. In fact, you can change an ensign from one uh, color to another color. He gets retrained. That's right. And then you can even promote an ensign to a commander, which allows him to basically do two things. He can either take two actions or he can do something and then which is something uh, this is going to take a lot of explaining, but he can now bring someone to the ready room. He can go do an action and bring someone to the ready room, or he can do two actions. That is the commander. Now, Marty, this is, this is it. I'm going to put a timer on you. 
you've got one minute to explain this whole worker movement ready room concept. Are you ready? I am ready. All right. Clock's running now. Start out the game and there you have uh, four workers in your ready room. As you spend them, you're going to put them to an end of a queue in your board. Once you spend all your four workers, you're going to slide that queue around till there's only three left in the queue and the other workers in the ready room for the next round. I'm sorry, I was setting the timer. What'd you say? (laughs) (laughs) Unless it's an Android, the Android can't do that. Yeah, the Android Android is only used for completing missions, and that that's his only purpose. But all the other that's what we thought was so cool at yes. Gen Con is this queue system. You've got a line, and by the way, these uh, these workers are little character figures. They're colored character figures, a little um, plastic, not, uh, nice nice production that are literally sitting in a line in a queue on your board, and you literally push them out into the ready room till there's just three left in, in the queue. So you start out with four in the ready room, but as the game progresses, there'll be more uh, each round. Uh, yes, as they slide through. Yeah. Now, what's interesting, Tony, is that you want to make sure that the next round you get the right colors of workers into your ready room. So the order that you take your actions is important mm-hmm. because the last worker that you, last three workers that you use are not going to be in the ready room the next round. Because... If you go on a mission, so we, t- we talked about th- you're either going to place your workers to go fly the ship, destroy pirates, fix the ship, or dr- draw technology cards from the marketplace. The other thing you can do is you can go on an away mission. You can, If you're sitting at a planet that has a mission, you can attempt the mission. There's nothing to it. You basically have to assign some of your workers in your ready room to complete the mission. If their colors match the mission, you get the rewards. I'm going to complete a mission. It has a blue and a red area. I'm going to place the blue and red uh, people in there to match. I get the reward. They slide all the way back up. But to Marty's point, you have to be thinking of how you're going to complete those missions and make sure they're there because you may need a red one, but you need to fly to that planet. So you got to keep that in mind as you're doing this. So it's very strategic in how you execute those commands. Yeah. I, I mean, I was like, okay, this is so much cool. This is so cool. Yeah. But what's interesting, Tony, is that one of the things you can collect on the game is artifacts. Mm. And artifacts are dual color little tokens that you can use. And if you spend two that have uh, the same color, you can take that action. Mm-hmm. But, but they do not complete missions. They do not. You cannot use them to complete missions. So what happens over the course of the game, it's not only workers that can do stuff. As you collect these artifacts, on your turn, you can spend two matching color artifacts in order to take an additional action without using one of your workers if you want to save that worker uh, to go on a mission. But as you fight pirates and stuff, you take damage, and damage hurts your cargo hold, uh, where you can't hold as many uh, pirates, because we need to actually defeat a pirate that go into your cargo hold along with the artifacts. You got to constantly keep things repaired. And the game actually starts with your tech slots. You have a board where you actually put your tech cards. Four of those spots are damaged. They have to be repaired before you can put new tech cards. The tech cards give you better abilities, right? Mm-hmm. Like I got two cards that uh, instead of using my yellow worker as the using it for the basic attack of pirate, I could collect a pirate token, do a repair and something else. And then I had a red tech card that I could sign one of my red workers to it that I could spend mm-hmm. a pirate from my board in order to move up on a couple tracks 
because there's also three tracks in the game that you're trying to move around that will give you more victory points at the end of the game, possibly help you repair stuff, or give you medals, which can be used to spend to either convert an instant from one color to another, or promote, by spending three medals, you can promote an instant to a commander that you spoke about earlier. Yes, and those three tracks, as people move, if you if if a player gets to a certain zone, then an, a card comes into play that affects everybody, and most of the time, these cards are not bad. They're good things that can help everybody out, but once two of the three are done, the third one gets turned over, which frustrated Marty. That was funny. I enjoyed that, watching you do that. When Kevin moved into that and it flipped over the cards you wanted to get. Yep. So that was a unique mechanic. And then another mechanic that you and I both really thought was cool was when the missions were completed. You just can't camp out on a planet and hope a new mission shows up. Uh Uh-uh. You complete a mission, then a token goes over to that planet to take its place, and a new mission comes out where that token was at another planet. And once mm-hmm. you go through six missions, the board is then more pirates are put on the board. It's, it's what is that populated with pirates out there. Mm-hmm. Yep. So there was no way to sit there and try to camp in certain areas because the missions were moving around very unique. So I thought it was kind of cool. And uh, basically the, the, the best way to get points is by completing those missions uh, this is one of the best ways is, is to get because at the very end of the game, all those missions you completed have point values and you're going to count those up that'll count towards your your final value. I missed that part. Mm. I was focusing on making cute little combos and stuff like that and I was able to generate some points doing that, but I missed that really I should have been focusing more on the missions. Yeah. Well, you were looking, when I was watching you play, you were sitting there saying, how can I get a lot more actions? What could I do right. with these actions, with these artifacts? Which was very important. And just like any good worker placement game, the the later rounds, you've got to, you'll have a lot to do at one time. Like you'll try to do the super combos and, and figure out how to benefit the most from that, that you could have actually complete another mission that can give you some more victory points. Bottom line, I really liked this game. I had one nitpick. What was that? I wish there was a way to clear the market. Uh, yes, I agree. At the beginning of the game, there were three cards put out that were basically in-game scoring conditions that you could put in one of your text slots. Great. Everybody loves objectives for getting points at the end of the game. After those three are taken, they're never replaced for anything with anything else. They're just replaced with regular tech cards. And there's no way to wipe the tech cards away. Because towards the end of the game, there were cards out there just nobody wanted or didn't make any sense to get anymore. So the blue ensign for getting tech was a waste. Nobody was using the blue for anything. Except completing missions. He became a mission guy. That was it. But his regular action mm-hmm. of taking a tech card just wasn't used at all. And uh, Zach, who taught us that, was the one that had said that. And it's like, man, that's a really good point. I wish there was a way I could have spent medals or something to wipe off some of the mm-hmm. uh, cards on the board or refresh them somehow. And I just didn't understand why more of the in-game victory condition cards didn't pop out at some point. Because if you missed them, that was it. Yeah, I I didn't get one. So you may have had, I think you had two. I had two as a way to try to also generate points. And I generated some. It just wasn't enough. I should have completed at least one more mission. I'd have been sitting pretty, pretty. But what's nice is, I think we've played four players and we all finished within three and a half points of each other. Right. And the guy who won had the most missions out of all of us. Though yep. I had some very, I had some sevens, but that didn't mm-hmm. that didn't help me get the win. I agree. 
and this is one of those house rules because there was a card that I had in my tech tree that allowed my red guy to go to the holodeck, which allowed me to copy any room in the market. Well, there was a time when there was only one room left in the market. So he beca- that card, that tech I had was useless. Now there is a way to replace tech on your board. So you can do that, but you're right. You cannot replace the market. And I do think that's one of those like rules that you can try out say, okay, if no one, and we've talked about this with other games, that if no one goes and gets a tech card after one round or maybe uh, by everybody does a complete, you know, we go around before everybody passes, we wipe the board at the end of the round. Right. Except if there's victory points ones, we'll leave that. We, you can house rule that and see how it goes. And I, and I think Zach even said this. He says it's, it's one expansion away from being a great game. It, it's a very good game. I enjoyed it. Or, or how about this? Yeah, you said to go one round. What about just at the end of an actual round? After everybody passes, there's kind of a reset. Maybe at that point you wipe the market That's what and get I a whole new market. For, oh, okay, you, okay. I, I was thinking go around one time on the table. You meant one full round. I 100% agree. I think with one expansion, maybe tweaking that rule. Mm-hmm. That would do it. And maybe you don't even tweak the rule. Maybe maybe you just try that of just wiping the market except for the, the victory point cards. I mean, I'd hate for old Peter here. You know, I'm sure he play tested the mess out of that. But once again, the cards became stale. Nobody wanted the various action cards. Oh, and one thing that the, on the um, tech cards, they have symbols on them. And if you get cards to match up symbols, you get to take that action when they match. That mm-hmm. was kind of nice. So you kind of need to be strategizing on placing those cards there. I will say it's a light game, lighter game, mm-hmm. light medium game, not hard to understand mm-hmm. at all, but you can create some clever combos with artifacts and the tech cards uh, to do some really clever things. I think the thing that really stuck out to me is the worker placement part of the game of being able to retrain your ensigns, take cadets. I said ensigns again. Wow. <laughs> Train your cadets to ensigns. And uh, set up that queue to make sure that you get the right colored workers in your ready room for the next turn. Getting the medals to upgrade anything. So anyway, I'm, I'm done with it. I mean, you can get it over at Miniature Market for like $45. Something that you should Oh, it's that cheap. Mm-hmm. Oh, and the player boards are nice. Oh, yeah. Zach pointed. Zach was the man. He was the man. So these are dual layer boards. But they don't come dual layer. What it is is you have a big punch board that you punch out and then you fold it over at a joint and then you tape the two sides together to basically create the dual layer board that you use for putting your little workers in a nice little little slot that they slide around in to be for that cue, mm-hmm. which is so, neat. Uh, it was, it was a well-constructed thought game. It is. You know what it was? It was a surprise to me. Mm. I didn't think I was going to like it as much as I did, and I really thoroughly enjoyed it. And it didn't stay on the table too long. No, four rounds, you're done. They say 40 to 100 minutes. I don't know where 100 minutes came from because a four-player game is easily maybe an hour 15. Mm-hmm. Maybe. So it, anyway, it, it flew. It really, it really moved quick. So that is Starship Captains from CGE, designed by Peter Hofgar. Head over to miniaturemarket.com, and I'm just going to give y'all a quick little story here. I recently was oh, over there. Lord. Don't don't owe me. This is this is just showing you how things work. So, went over to miniaturemarket.com. They had the big sale. I talked about my ten dollars off my birthday 
uh, came in. So if you have not gotten an account, be sure to do that. Make sure you put your birthday in because they will. They should send you a coupon. I hope they do. They sent me one. They sent Marty one. And we know we are not special by any means. <laughs> we, no. No. Not at all. So they recently had a big sale on, and I picked up the Wingspan Asia expansion. Uh, and I also picked up the folded space wingspan insert. And thanks to my wish list alerts and back in stock alerts, they let me know that the Ultra Pro sleeves that work for Seven Wonders were back in stock. So I put all that together during the big sale and I was able to take my $10 off. Boom, did it, closed it out. The very next day, this bad boy was shipped. And within three days, I had my box. So it went from St. Louis to North Carolina in under three days. And that was with their basic $5.99 shipping. No, I was not going to wait for Marty to get me to free shipping. I am not that patient on holds. I want my stuff now. Head over to miniaturemarket.com for all your board gaming needs. Five minute initiative begins in three, two, one. While we were at Tantrum Con, we got to play a new game from 20th Century Games, 25th, sorry, Century Games from David Conklin. Artist is Ian O'Toole. That name should be familiar with a lot of people. And mm-hmm. that is Blazon or Blazon. And basically, you are constructing the heraldry of your shield. So uh, this is interesting. So people don't know heraldry refers to the design, display, and study of armoral bearings, a shield used to identify a person or family. So if you look up like family crests and stuff from medieval times, they have these really elaborate shields with like multiple pictures on it. That's kind of what you're doing, Tony. You're drafting cards and building out your shield over the course of the game. And at the end, we said this is almost like a tile placement game where you have rules of where you can place things onto your shield and those, uh, Cards will generate points, and because we're not going to say how you win the game, I'll just stop there. That's good. It's a puzzle. It's a, it is a puzzle based on the cards that you have. Mm-hmm. And in order to put a card on your shield, you have to pay prestige, which is in your hand, the cards in your hand. You have to discard those to place a card on your shield. And how you place it, you have to match symbols on the shield, and then on a row, if you have a card that's in the upper portion of then all the cards have to be in the upper portion of that shield. You need to take a look at the shield design to understand what I'm saying. But to Marty's point, it is a tile laying game. It is a puzzle game. It is how do I meet these objectives at the top of the board before everybody else so I can get the most victory points? How do I manipulate the cards to ensure that I get this? Because you're either going to draft cards or place them on your shield, and you are hand-limited to seven cards. So you got to keep that all in mind. And of course, you know, uh, as soon as you play a card onto the shield, you add your uh, prestige points to your victory point total. Like I said, if you're you're putting down a five-value prestige card, then you have to discard from your cards from your hands whose prestige value at least equals five. So you it's you got to make sure to draft the right cards that you, you with the plan of I'm planning on putting this one on, but I need to have enough cards in my hand to be able to pay for it. And when you take cards from the market, you just there's there's also cards that are face up. You don't take from there. You draw from the two decks. You can either draw two from one deck, two from the other deck, or one and one. But then you may 
pull from that market that's face up. I like that mechanic, Marty. If I didn't I mean trade, they can you be can traded. trade with one that you just drew. Yeah, I, I like that because if it was a kind of give someone else a chance at a card that maybe you don't want, but hey, I do. All in all, it's an interesting puzzle. Mm-hmm. I did not play it very well. Uh, you beat me to all the objective scoring because we can all score the objectives. But if you come in second or third, the points are a lot lower. I got destroyed right. in this game. Yeah. There's random objectives uh, put out each game. Make sure to look at those because some of them require cards played with certain symbols on them or certain types of cards. So you want to make sure to not cover up mm-hmm. those symbols on your uh, shield to where you can't get the right symbols in play. Because like you said, Tony, on each row, a card can be positioned at the top part of a slot or bottom part of the slot. So you want to make sure you orient it correctly to match the objective that you're trying to get. And that's where I screwed up. But what's nice is they do allow you to shift a card mm-hmm. uh, from from either top to bottom or bottom to top, as long as by the end, all the things in the row uh, match the same orientation. Right. You can, you can play a card on top of it to shift it. Yes. Yeah. The, the uh, icon, the iconography on the cards, it helps you understand where certain cards can go on the shield. So that can help you in some of your planning. Very easy to understand, matching the symbols. You know, I don't want to say it wasn't a good game because it was a good game. It just didn't grab me at first. But I think it was because I'm not very good at these puzzly type games like that. Oh, we kind of had to uh, plan out. It's like, well, I need to get this one here to get this one here. Mm-hmm. Because of the objectives, there are a lot of little puzzles because there's like there's several objective cards and lots of times you could get a card that will help you with a couple different objectives and that becomes a very uh, powerful card in itself. And the game plays until somebody has filled up their shield or placed all their objective tokens uh, out on the objectives. And one of the irritating things I found was when we were playing, you took the one of the objectives where you had to have one, two, three, four, five prestige on your shield. And suddenly here I am, I could never get a one and none of y'all were putting a one into the market for me to get. That was frustrating to me. So I was kind of like, okay, well screw this. I'm not going to make up any time. <laughs> and there's, there's a lot of ways to score points. If you pass certain values on the prestige, you get to collect tokens to indicate that. And the first person who does it, I kept being a dollar short to this. And I will say this, I found myself not engaged while you were sitting over there thinking through it because there was no way for you to really plan out your next move while you were waiting on the market to refresh. And this plays quick. Oh yeah. 30 minutes, 30 to 45 minutes. It sets up and and plays pretty fast. So if you like the idea of like a tile laying puzzle type game, which would change each game because depending on the cards that come out, uh, depending on the objective cards that come out, then uh, go check out uh, Blazing by uh, 25th Century Games. That game is out right now. Not a very expensive game. Of course, the art and graphic design, top notch. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, the, this box just jumps off the shelf because of the art by Eno Tools. So yeah, sounds like something that'd be right in your wheelhouse. Check it out. Five Minute Initiative is complete. I've always been a huge college basketball fan, which is why I love March Madness when 64, well, it's not 64 teams anymore, Tony. It's like 64 with some sort of playing game. It's a lot more complex than it used to be, but the big tournament's coming up and Game Toppers is celebrating that with a huge March Madness sale where you get 15% off 
all accessories and premium game mats. We play on a game topper game mat every single week. I love it. Stitched, stays in place. Uh, there's no, there's no uh, rolling. There's no gapping. There's, uh, it doesn't fray. Works amazing. And now you can get 15% off from now until March 31st, the end of March. So you need that on your table. I talked to Berkey, Tony, over at uh, Tantrum Con. He's teased some future ideas and products that they're working on that sound really cool. So he's already working on his next big Kickstarter. But you can get stuff right now over at Game Toppers LLC. 15% off the March Madness Snail. Let's, what, what is it Dick Vitale always said? Is it just baby? Yeah, sure, baby. I've forgotten how what it was. Yeah, baby. That's it. You don't put them in the corner. <laughs> Marty and I have started talking about video games near the end of the episode just because we've been doing a lot of them, but I'm going to keep this short, Marty, and here's the reason why. I have not okay. I have not gone out to GameStop and spent my $5 from being a pro member, and I need uh -huh. to, I need to do that. We're at the end of the month, and I don't want to lose on this. So I'm trying to think you know, do I go get a $10 gift card from Nintendo? Do I go get some more gems for Guild Wars? You know, I wish there was a way that, like, Miniature Market, I could pre-order a game. Oh, I can at GameStop. And apply, can I apply the $5 to the pre-order? That is a great question. I'm not sure if you can or not. Okay. That'd be really cool if you could, because I think most games, you only have to apply $5 towards a pre-order anyway. So it'd be interesting if you could do that. What game would you pre-order? Something Is there something you're interested in? I'm sure from that Nintendo Direct you were talking about I me, mean, there was some, I, I would probably do, I'm kind of leaning towards Guild, uh, Advance Wars, not Guild Wars. Ah, thank you. I knew you were insane for saying you weren't picking that up day one. I know. What can I say? Oh, I was in uh, Best Buy today and I saw where Elden Ring has dropped $15. Oh, really? Yeah. But I'm like, I don't know if I want it. I do. I want to experience it. It's people saying it's one of the best games of all time. Even though I'm not a Souls fan, people said that this is the game for non-Souls fans. So I knew to experience it. Okay. Well, maybe it'll, it'll go on sale for, you know, in about six months or whenever. Those, those. Was this on PS5? Uh, it was. I was in the PS5 area. So, yes. Sales already kind of starting to happen on PC, which is probably where I'll get it anyway. Because mm. this is probably more of a PC game for me. So, yeah, I'm going to keep an eye out on sales uh, for that. But I did just get Metroid Prime remastered. Mm -hmm. So I am replaying through that right now. Just started by a couple hours in. My gosh, I love that game. I love that game so much. And now that it's a twin stick control, it is just a really good first person shooter. Okay. So good. All right. I fell out of love with all the first person shooters. I mean, I, I was in, mm -hmm. I enjoyed them. I mean, I, Borderlands I always enjoyed, but I decided I just need third person now. I'm not a big first person shooter kind of guy anymore. I'm not either. I, I rarely play first person shooters. Number one, I'm not really into the multiplayer anymore. Mm -hmm. I had to replay this game and the music and the mood and the setting and everything. The, it's It looks really good. I'm, I, can, I can't wait to. I, got, I put Minish Cap on pause. I really enjoy going back and playing that Super Bowl game. Uh, so I need to finish this. Then I need to make sure that gets done before Advanced Wars in April. So that's kind of my plan there. Okay. And I will say in the upcoming episodes, we've got, I just ordered, and we'll talk about this in one of our miniature market commercials, but I did get Asia, the Wingspan expansion. So uh, I. Oh, nice. And you've heard him mention his name, Zach. Zach said it's one of his favorites. So I can't wait to get it on the table for two players. Two players. Oh, cool. 
Very so, cool. And I got a folded space to put together. Oh, man. This is thanks. So yeah. Much and uh, talking to board games and video games. So Chip Theory Games is starting to tease a little bit more with some of their Elder Scrolls mm. game that's coming out on Kickstarter. Uh, we just got their two latest games, Hoplomachus, the uh, remastered version, and the solo game. So, uh, Tony, I'm going to play through the solo game, hand it off to you, and ho- next episode, hopefully, we can cover the solo game that just came out from them as we. We're going to enjoy, I was going to say, as we wait on Elder Scrolls, but no, I'm very excited about the solo game because it looks really cool at Gen Con, so mm-hmm. I can't wait to see how it plays. And I am saving up my allowance every month so I can back the Elder Scrolls game. Yeah, I'll help out. We Only one of us needs to own it because I'm kind of like all in on everything. <laughs> <laughs> I want it all because I trust them mm-hmm. to treat this game correctly. And uh, from what I've seen, it does look pretty good. It's the same concept of neoprene mats and discs. I just hope it gives you the feel and combat and character growth uh, that Elder Scrolls has. You know, it'd be awesome if in the box they include an arrow. That's the only thing I want. (laughs) Right to the knee. (laughs) But before you take an arrow to the knee, keep rolling dice. And taking names. y'all thanks for listening don't forget to join our discord channel having lots of fun over there giving away a lots of prizes having some contests follow us on social media at dyson names and if you want you can support us over at buymeamoonpie.com hey marty yeah does february march i don't know does february march no but april may